T'Challa. T'Chaka, 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 T'Challa. <laughs> you ready you to start this thing? Sort of... Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to... feels like a rap of some sort. It feels like we need T'challa. to start. T'Chaka, T'Challa, T'Chaka, T'Challa. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's a problem-free oh, philosophy. We're way off track. T'Challa, T'Chaka. <laughs> okay. What is up, my nerds? Welcome inside Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know-It-All. And when I say welcome inside, I mean our crazy brains, of course. Mm, they're crazy this morning. <laughs> we go there because yeah. somebody needs to. I don't know if anybody or needs to. Maybe nobody needs to, but we want to. Yeah. Or maybe nobody wants to except for Jake, and he goes there, and Paul's just saying And for I just have to be dragged along. Exactly. It's the story of my life. Hitched... On to the crazy train. Yep. yep. Um, for those of you that may have forgotten since you saw this movie a couple of weeks ago, T'Challa is the the name of a prince of Wakanda or a king of Wakanda, depending on what point in the movie we're talking about here. Um, and T'Chaka is his father, the Correct. deceased king. And dead king. The dead king. The former Black Panther, if you will. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. No, that's, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the focus of this episode. Black Panther all the time, this entire podcast, and it's a big deal, man. It has made three thousand gazillion dollars. Three thousand gazillion. That's an official estimate from boxoffice.com, dot <laughs> com, yeah. who is not a sponsor. But thank you, boxoffice.com, dot com, for that three thousand gazillion dollars. And uh, they could but buy Wakanda. It's it's making all the money. It's ha. It's ta- It's Burning up all the airwaves. People yeah. are talking about it on the Facebook, the Twitter. I'm amazed that we now Vero from from talking about it this long. Honestly, and 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 I do need to I do need to speak to that. I do need to speak. To, we need to give a shout out here. You know what, Paul? I've got to get some stuff off my chest. It's been a frustrating <laughs> couple of weeks. Well, it really has. We um, we got to give a shout out. One of the one of the frustrations is we got to give a shout out to our friend Christian Toto. At Hollywood in Toto on the Twitter, um, a good a good buddy, great guy, fantastic guy. Reviewer. Yeah, we recorded. Uh, guys, this hurts. <laughs> this hurts my soul. We recorded a fantastic episode. Fantastic, where we we really dug into what's wrong and what's right with movie critics. I mean, we were harsh. Yeah, we were gentle. Yeah, we were just. I think and I, we were gracious. I think the podcast would have gone viral. I think it would have. I think we would have gotten over. It would have. Visitors. It would have. You guys would have had so many more new friends along with us. Yeah, and and guys, it's lost. It's lost in this age of digital. Yeah, one of the most frustrating things is we can have so many backups of things, and oh yet somehow things can just vanish into the ether. It's so frustrating, you know, because the whole episode gone. You would think that that except would, for our half, 
Except, so half the episode gone. Yeah, but we can't just make up what Christian said. No, it wouldn't. I be mean, fair it would Christian. be kind of fun. It'd be hilarious, but it would be problematic. I yes. don't think Christian would like that very much. So, Christian, if you're listening, so sorry. <sighs> and guys, you got to know this is there's a, there's a weird conspiracy here, and I just I want to dig into this a little bit more before we get to the Black Panther, because. This it didn't just disappear this time. We've actually tried to record with Christian with Christian twice, three times. No, three times. The first time, the first time, and this this is something else. This is you know what, guys. I'm a dad of four kids. My youngest, <laughs> he's two. He's not sleeping. Shout out to my wife who takes the brunt of his sleeplessness. But the first time we tried to record with Christian, my son normally wakes up multiple times per night. Almost always, 100% of the time at about 5 a.m. <laughs> is one of those wake-ups. The first time we tried to record with Christian, my alarm doesn't go off. My son doesn't wake up. I sleep blissfully through the entire time we're supposed to be recording. So Christian got up. He was ready to record with us. And I, I was here. I, Paul was here. I, I had left my him sausage both. McMuffins. It was like I left him standing at the altar, basically. Yeah. I mean, that, that was what it felt like. We were pretty bitter about it. And it was rough. But we rescheduled. We rescheduled. We said, let's record again or actually record again for the first time for the last time. And and great show talking about Oscars, Oscar movies and uh, 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 the, the file. The file just lost. went away. Yeah. His half gets lost. It's a mess. We're all sad about it. We're like, yeah. that's all right. We're going to soldier through. We're going to do it again. And then we and then this time we're going to have a backup. We're going we're gonna to record a backup. So we're going to have our individual files. We're going to record on YouTube so we have that file. We record this great episode. It feels amazing. We're about to go viral. And then – Finish the recording and it's like, oh, that's weird. Half and we look at each other. We look at each other and we say, what a great podcast. What a great podcast. What a great podcast. And then half the file is gone. It's like, that's all right. We have the backup. We'll be all right. I go to check the backup file. We talked the entire time on this YouTube yeah. hangout. Yeah. On air. Thanks, Google, for nothing. <laughs> it stopped recording right as we start the show. It got all of our preamble, all the stuff where we're talking the details and blah, 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 blah. blah. All, the, all the annoying, you know, yeah. podcast work. Yeah. And it, it just. The inappropriate jokes. It got And then back. it's like, all right, let's, let's do the show. And scene. It stopped recording. We kept talking on it, we kept seeing each other the whole show. Yeah. You know what I think it is? But it stopped recording. Russian bots. It's the Russians. Yeah. They've I think got something against Christian. There is – well, and he – they very well might have. You know, it's one of those strange things where it does feel like some sort of odd conspiracy where we are not allowed to speak with Christian, at least not on a recorded format. Either that or he could be a vampire. You know how, mm. how vampires, you can't see the reflections in their mirrors? Maybe You can't Christian. hear their audio recordings. Yeah. Could be because it was really only his side of the file, right? It's, it's true, it, you know. Well, and the backup. Maybe that explains why the backup disappeared. I couldn't figure out why the backup disappeared like that. All right, I'm going to brandish a cross in front of Christian's face. See what happens. See what Have happens. a little holy water in the back pocket, just in yeah. case you need. In case he's one of those like next level. Absolutely. Like if he's an OG vamp. Oh yeah. Then you got to have the garlic as well. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to Maybe really Maybe sprinkle a little this. garlic into the holy water and on have the, the cross. Have the steak ready. Have the steak ready. You know, maybe one of my light-up pens would work. I don't know if you need to have like, you know. That could, they could at least distract him so you could get in with the jab. Yeah. Get the shiv in there. Could you sharpen – could your cross be a steak or does it have to be silver? 
You know what? Or am I mixing no, no, no. silver for werewolves? Yeah, it's silver for werewolves. Yeah. We know that Christian's not a werewolf. You're I'm not so sure about, but Christian is not a werewolf. Yeah. You just need a cross. Okay. The silver thing, yeah. So it could be a wooden cross where the end of it is sharpened into like a, a sharp Yeah, point. but you know what? That's so awkward to bring into like places where Christian and I frequent. I think that they don't allow cell phones in those theaters. I think that it would be awkward to bring in a big sharp wooden cross a st- with a stake on the end yeah of it. Right. yeah i think they might worry about me i mean so you might have to go with a vial of holy water a little garlic sprinkled in there mm-hmm. and yeah. see what happens all right we'll, we'll drip a little bit this. on his leg you know and see if it starts to smoke <laughs> <laughs> i'm just picturing how this would look <laughs> i actually sat beside christian last night in the movie and i'm just picturing just reaching over and what are you doing, Paul? Just, just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a foolproof plan. Awkward. Christian, we love you. We're, we're going to get it one of these days, unless the Russians yeah. stop us before well, then. I did talk with Christian last night. He's he's willing to try again, but in person. In person, yeah. We so, can't. No, no and then we're going to have four, three backups this time. Three not, backups, not just one. We're going to not just two, three. We're going to script it actually, just in case we lose the audio file. Christian can't be heard on our our audio I'll just for some do, reason. I'll do the pickups. Yeah, you can just yeah. mimic Christian's voice. Perfect. Uh, I'll we'll do it. Um, so wow, but. Speaking of conspiracy theories, it's time for the Black Panther. That was the strangest segue I've ever heard. <laughs> Speaking of it, not saying something because I'm I'm great at weird segues. Black Panther is a movie. About Wakanda, not about Malcolm X. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Just wanted to get that clear right out of the yeah, gate. There's, right there's been out some the misinformation gate. out there. In case you didn't know, this is a Marvel movie. Uh, this is what a Marvel is comic before that. Is it the 17th or 18th Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe? Right around there. Yeah. yeah. There we're we're deep old. in here. Yeah. And, and this it was a comic before that. <laughs> And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, Paul, the Black Panther comic came around really before the Black Panthers, like the political group, became a big thing. You want to double check my facts there. Yeah. Because there's some there's some you know, the interesting thing about this movie, as much money as it's made, there's a lot of people that have many different opinions about its political views, about its spiritual worldview, about uh what it does or does not say about this, that, or the other charged topic, race, peace, justice, all of the above. And so uh, one of those problems is when people are like, why is this movie called Black Panther? Why are they all about promoting this group that in some people's view is very problematic? Yeah, you know, that's a that's an interesting thought. And I just to let you know, I think from what I gather in just my quick bit of internet research, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Black Panther Party and the Black Panther comic book were both founded in 1966. See? Very interesting. So it would be kind of tough for them to have based this on that party so quickly. Maybe yeah, not no, impossible. It's, not it's impossible. interesting. But but first let's let's go into just a little bit of of recap for this story. So 
obviously this takes place in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We first met Black Panther in Captain America Civil War. He was arguably the best thing in that movie, although I would I do swing toward the gigantic Ant-Man. I really you would argue him. on another side of that coin. Yeah, yeah. I, but Black Panther definitely made a strong he was up impression. There. Yeah, he was he was fantastic in that movie. T'Challa definitely had some great moments in that movie. Um, this movie is, is fairly self-contained, um, and it takes place as T'Challa, the new Black Panther, comes back uh, to his home country to sort of claim the kingship officially. Right. This takes place literally within a week right. of the end of Civil War, right. timeline-wise. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it, it's interesting because as, as this reign is sort of shifting, um, there's some question within this, the, this country of Wakanda. It is a gloriously rich, fabulously advanced African nation that has long hidden its wealth from the world through all of its technology. They got some sweet VR. They have some serious technology, I tell you what. Um, and, and there's a lot of debate within the realm as to whether they should open up their their borders to, to reveal who and what they truly are or to continue to be closed. Because as soon as you open things up, all of a sudden you're dealing with refugees, you're dealing with the world's problems, that all of a sudden you feel the responsibility to answer. People want your resources, your weapons. Right, exactly. And so it has, it has one of the, one of the uh, social uh, parallels that we see here is just sort of this question of whether we should be insular or look outward. And so the movie sort of deals with that. Meanwhile, we learn that T'Challa's dad, T'Chaka, was not necessarily the the great, perfect king that T'Challa had always thought he was. Um, way back in the day, and we're going to go very spoiler heavy, this is this is a month after the movie's release, so we're just going to go out and talk about there. all the spoilers. If you're still waiting for no spoilers, come back to us when it comes out on DVD. A year or two if you, when you get around to it. I'm guessing that you're here to go deep with us. So. Yeah, so anyway, he... um. We realize that he has killed off, like, his brother, right? Yeah. and uh, Straight up. And leaves a, a son. Yeah, right away. Yeah. Yeah, he kills his brother who's sort of fomenting revolution in, in the United States for whatever reason and leaves behind um, he, he, the brother's son who grows up sort of in this vacuum without a father. Fast Flash forward to, to modern day – and this son has been working apparently his entire life to get vengeance and claim the throne of Wakanda. And so he comes back to to essentially deal with T'Challa and kill him and take over. So he's he's the main bad guy. So that's essentially what we've got in this movie. Right. right? Exactly. And in the Black Panther in the context of Wakanda in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they actually give us a little bit of the the backstory, the history of the nation, and which was very helpful to me. It was because I had no context for how this all right. came about. Right, so you're not familiar with the with the source. Material, I never read right? the source material myself. Um, I never read any of the Marvel source yeah. material myself. Not just not the Black Panther. I just didn't read comics right. growing up. Shout out to my brother Max, who knows these comics way better than I do. Um, but essentially, what you have is a story of how this vibranium meteorite smackdown in Africa, and these tribes were 
like living together and taking care of this. And, but then there was some fighting over it. And one guy emerged because he was given this special power from the special flower by this black Panther goddess. Uh, and he became the leader and all four of the tribes decided to follow him. One of them decided to like live Hang nearby, but yeah. kind of do its own thing. Yeah. Cause there's always one. There's know? always gotta be the one, yeah. you know? And so, uh, that is where the, the black Panther royalty started. That was the first King of Wakanda. And then he would pass the kingdom on to his son. Right. After he passed away. And so his son would become the Black Panther, get the special power from the special flower that only the king gets, yeah. and then get the special technology suits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because why give that to your whole army? Just keep that for one guy. Keep it for one guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because Consolidate the power. <laughs> well, and I was, I was thinking, you know, I think Marvel really does like its absolute ruler kings, you know, because definitely the king in Wakanda has all the power, essentially. Yeah. You know, he is, he's the guy who says, go. Um, he controls and, the army. He controls it's, – it's, it's a monarchy. Exactly. Like the traditional kind, not Louis the, the British 16th, kind. Yeah. Only without the tights. Not the modern British kind, I should say. Yeah. 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 Except with tights. They have tights. They do have tights. He, he just wears a full body tight but it looks instead way of just leg on, tights. on Black Panther. Yeah, because he doesn't have a tutu and like a puffy sleeves thing going on. Yeah. He just keeps it real slim and he works out. King Louis the Sixteenth <laughs> yeah. didn't really work out. No, he really did He's kind of puffy, kind of pasty. Yeah. Yeah. Don't – don't – yeah. I don't even know where to go for Google that. that. Just, just yeah. Google that yeah, if you Louis don't know what Louis not, XVI was He was like. really proud of his legs, actually. Was he? Yeah, he he really loved his legs. And so when you when you see paintings of Louis XVI, this is getting us way off tra- topic, but but he always like hikes up his stuff so that the painter can paint his legs. He can get a, a, get a load of his legs. Loved games. his legs. He loved his legs. So and when you're Louis the 16th. Wasn't he, can, wasn't he kind of pudgy everywhere else? No, I no, think you're thinking, thinking of Henry the Eighth. Henry, yeah. Yeah, Louis the 16th, he's, he's got the long hair and he's got the legs. And, okay. And, you know, so he, he, he was all about leg day. He and, yeah. he and Lego Batman. <laughs> <laughs> a really quick word about vibranium. I'm really glad you brought it up because that's sort of – the nexus of of everything that you see here. It's the source of Wakanda's wealth. It's the source of all of their stuff. The material vibranium is the same stuff that that Captain America made his shield out of. Um, And essentially, it is the coolest thing since water. It It can do anything. It can do anything. Anything that this movie wants it to do, it can do. It can can provide power to an entire nation. (laughs) It can provide... Techno- it can provide medical miracles, yeah. advanced weaponry. <laughs> it, can, it can shrink down to the size of a tiny necklace yeah. and then shrink or then expand into the size of a full bodysuit that absorbs gunfire and like laser blasts and redistributes the energy. Yeah. Vibranium is the Superman of the, of the Marvel Universe. Vibranium is where it's at, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, ridiculously helpful, and all of a sudden I'm having big problems with how versatile it is. That just seems like a cheat. It's it's one of those things you know? where you you understand, and this is something. This is actually something for another show, but we can we can go there a little bit. It's one of those things where you understand why in storytelling, especially in superhero movies, they create these types of things yeah. because they're they're trying to create these powers that obviously don't exist, right? In the material universe as we know it, yeah. And so they have to fabricate stuff. So of course there's going to be plot holes. Um, and 
especially when we create this all-powerful stuff like vibranium where it's like, oh, yeah, it can do everything. It can power an entire nation. It can be their currency. It can be their – It can be Black Panther's outfit. It can be their VR. Like their VR in this – like all their displays are made out of vibranium that are like tiny pellets of vibranium that hover into place and change colors. And It's crazy. It can be bracelets and it can be full body. Like it's just everything. Everything. It's the deus ex machina. Exactly. Like if they wanted, they could just make another T'Challa. They could clone T'Challa out of vibranium. Actually, they probably should have just done that. (laughs) Come to think of it. It would have made the movie quicker. It would have been a little bit faster than having to go find him again. Yeah. So so anyway, you have just seen Black Panther, right? Um, As we've talked about, it's made all the money. It's gotten rave reviews from the critics. I think it's at 97, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes Super fresh. Super fresh. Um, I saw it about a month ago, but it's a lot more fresh in your mind. So let me ask you, Jake, did you like the movie? And did you like it as much as you thought you would? um, I did. I did like it uh, as much as I thought I would. Yes. Um, I, I, I did. I have to say, man, I I think this podcast is getting to me or maybe less the (laughs) podcast and more myself if I'm trying to blame shift here. But I'm I'm starting to own this know-it-all persona, guys. (laughs) We call this show Fanboy Know-It-All. I was kind of joking at first, but I'm getting a little tired of all the CGI spectacle stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt a little rubber bandy at times in the CG. It's really good. I mean, it's it's not a it's not poorly done at all. But man, I miss practical effects. Yeah. No, and, I hear that. And so there are several moments where it just I could you could tell mm-hmm. that it's CG and and you know that's going to be there. I know that's going to be there in Infinity War. I know it's going to be there. But that was one of the things I really liked about Logan last year yeah. was it felt how, real because in, set, in a sense it was it was it was a lot more practical effects a lot less cgi than what you see in these <laughs> things and of course to create this fictional nation and to create all this fictional technology right. you had to do that right i get it uh I, I get a little weary of that yeah now that being said i still give the movie uh i'll i still give the movie an eight out of ten mm-hmm. yeah even in spite of that um i like that Overall, it kept the story, like Logan, very localized in the sense that it wasn't just this huge world-ending threat right. that we have in so many movies. It, it felt a lot more intimate right. in the threat. And it felt like it was a nice standalone movie. You it didn't did. have to be familiar with the entire Marvel universe to yeah. really get into this. This had so little crossover with the rest of the universe. In fact, afterwards, I was thinking outside of the two uh, – the two Caucasian characters that you've seen in previous Marvel movies, that's Claw, played by Andy Serkis, and Everett Ross, played by Martin Freeman. Um, and the fact that you hear, like in a newscast, that the king was killed at the United Nations. You see right. a little flashback to it, you know, to the, the Black Panther's father dying. That's it yeah. as far as referencing the rest of the universe. This movie is no about No Infinity Wakanda. Stone that I saw at all in this. I, if it was there, I totally missed it. Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciated that about this. And I think this that made it a stronger movie yeah. to help us get to know this character, get to know um, his family and his friends and his nation. And I really liked that about Black Panther. And I, I loved um, – I really enjoyed the characters, mm-hmm. um, and I thought the pacing was was pretty solid. Yeah, and um, 
you know, there's some good comic relief mm-hmm. from Andy Serkis and from uh, T'Challa's little sister. So overall, this was a, a yeah. really fun movie. Yeah, no, and I, I would echo all of that, I think, Jake. I think um, my thought as I walked out of it was that this was a really solid, very nicely done, but unremarkable Marvel movie was kind of my take. I, sure. I felt like, I felt like, one of the problems when you when you create such a such a robust universe as we've seen within the Marvel scope is that it's hard to it's hard to feel different every single time. Right. You know, and I think that that Black Panther for for all of the stuff that I know we're going to get into um, in, in terms of it as a as a superhero movie, it felt just pretty much like what you would expect. It felt it felt uh, probably a little bit better than Doctor Strange, but it felt sort of of a same piece in a sense with with that type of world. Um, and again, that's not a criticism. I no. don't think it's 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 a very solid movie. I didn't think it was like head and shoulders above everything that we've seen before. You right. know, like for instance, I think that that there were probably three. Maybe, yeah, probably three movies last year, three superhero movies that I think were better, quote unquote better than Black Panther that we saw last year. You yeah. know, I think Wonder Woman, Logan, and Thor Ragnarok all had something that, that Black Panther didn't. Not to take anything away from Black Panther. <coughs> right. Excuse me. Part of the problem is, like we've talked about before, is the oversaturation of superhero movies in general. We've been spoiled. We have we been really spoiled. Have. We've had – now it's 2018. Iron Man and The Dark Knight – or not The Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, The Dark Knight. Iron Man and The Dark Knight came out in 2008. We've had almost 20 Marvel movies in 10 years. Actually, by the time this year is done, we'll have Ant-Man and the Wasp and we'll have yeah. um, uh, Infinity War. And so we will actually literally have, I believe, if my math's right, 20 Marvel movies in 10 years. That's two a year. Yeah. That's an incredible pace. That's not counting all the DC movies. That's not counting, you know, the X-Men movies that have yeah. come out in that time frame. So we've had so many superhero movies and so many good superhero movies. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, when you look at them, and we've talked about this before, the Marvel Universe especially, you look at it in – the very worst Marvel movies within this kind of new new um, age that we live in of superhero movies, the very worst is still pretty all right. It's still pretty good. You right. know? Um, my family and I were watching all the Marvel movies in order. And so we we just hit Thor the Dark World, which I think is the is the it's pretty weak. weakest. Yep. Yeah, it's the weakest. And yet it was still entertaining. It was it was fun. It was it had some funny moments, it had some peril, all this kind of stuff. It was still a very strong movie. So when we talk about Black Panther not necessarily being, you know, a fantastic, fantastic movie, that's not to demean it at all. No. Yeah, I think I think had this been – had this come out in 2008 instead of Iron Man, mm. it would have blown all of our minds. I think so. We wouldn't have known what to do with it. Yeah. It and would have been like Iron Man. We would have been like, this is crazy. This is an incredible – it would have it would have been that fantastic right, right. movie because we had – you know, but now we expect that. It's, that. it's that Pixar effect. It really is. It really is. And again, it just speaks to how – 
how oddly blessed we have been <laughs> with these so movies. So really what we're saying is it is a fantastic movie. Yeah. It just – it doesn't – Just don't expect it to, to – I don't think – It's not going to be a 15 the on the scale of yeah. 10. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I really liked about the movie. One of the things that I really appreciated about it, it – I, I really resonate with movies that have very heroic heroes – um, you know, Wonder Woman was very powerful for me because Wonder Woman was definitely a very heroic hero. Captain America has that sort of center of virtue about him that, that I find really attractive. In Black Panther, almost every single character that you see has, has that core sense of righteousness. Yeah. And even if that righteousness sort of differs from, from what one character might do as opposed to another character, we have – there's, there's, you know, a couple of, of characters who are sort of in T'Challa's world. Yeah. Um, they, they take sort of these different tacks um, for how to deal with it. Nakia, um, who is T'Challa's old girlfriend, um, when when T'Challa is sort of overthrown, essentially, right. she wants to fight to reclaim the kingdom from this terrible, terrible person who has taken it over. Okoye, who's who's this very cool, super super awesome um, general, general, warrior general, warrior general, who I think was maybe one of the best parts of this movie. I thought she was amazing. She decides that she needs to stay loyal to the throne. She serves not the king but the throne of Wakanda, and so she stays loyal to uh, uh, the the new king. Even though he's a terrible human being, and she knows it, I, that really resonated with me—just sort of these moral struggles that these characters were undergoing. Yeah, and even even the bad guy, I thought, had a fairly—you could see where he was coming from. <coughs> no, I think that's a great point. In that, this movie, almost every single character—not every single, but almost every single character—had, um, although that they had. Weaknesses, although they had struggles, although they had doubts, although they weren't perfect, really felt like your classic heroes. Right. And I thought that was actually of all the things in this movie um, that that make it a great movie. That was one of the top for me. And that you know you you gave the heroes the ability to wrestle with some tough questions, to wrestle with flaws. And imperfections, and yet still be bona fide heroes. It didn't. They didn't have to be full gritty, dark, branding their, you know, branding their captures the way Batman did in Batman yeah, versus Superman, right. or, um, you know, just murdering people <laughs> in crazy ways the way Logan does. You know, right. where you have these gritty heroes who are wrestling with problems and don't feel very heroic. Right. These were heroes who had to wrestle with moral murkiness they had to wrestle with problems in themselves problems in their family and their friends yeah and still be very heroic yeah so it wasn't squeaky clean yeah like the way we might complain with like a superman to say right everything's fine like he's never got these he's never got these problems there's never any messiness in here there's that messiness and yet still they feel like we would say a Captain America or a Wonder Woman. These are heroes. Right, right, exactly. I think that this is this is an aspirational movie at heart. Where you look at you look at Christopher Nolan's Batman movies and you see the flaws very obviously in Batman. You look at Logan, you see the flaws in him. Even even the Iron Man movies. Obviously, right. Tony Stark is a very flawed character, and those are great. But 
and I really appreciate those. But this one just had sort of that that sense of clarion desire to do what's right. And there's something kind of inspiring and aspirational about that. I think that that's, that's something that, that we sometimes lack in our movies today. To, we don't necessarily like to prop these characters up you know, on pedestals. And I think that there's reason for that, and there's good reason for that. But it's really refreshing when you see people who you say, look at this guy, look at the decisions he's making in the very, very difficult circumstances. I want to be like him and have that be able to make those very difficult decisions right um or i want to be like her i mean again the one of the one of the great things about black panther is is the breadth of of really really strong both physically and and mentally and emotionally female characters i mean this is a very feminine movie and, and feminist movie in a certain respect because these characters are powerful and strong and um Really inspiring, I thought. Yeah. I really appreciated the the female characters that we saw here. Yeah. And I think also, coming back to your point about the villain, about Killmonger, um, Michael B. Jordan did a really good job mm-hmm. portraying this. I think, interestingly enough, I was probably most concerned about that, just in the fact that I personally really didn't like Creed. Um, well, you're the only person. <laughs> I might be the only one who didn't like Creed. Um, but... And I didn't particularly care for for his role in Creed. I like him in other stuff, but Creed just didn't do it for me. And partially that's just because I didn't like Rocky either. So oh, there you go. Uh, it's maybe not their fault. It's it's my fault and that I don't like Rocky or Creed. So there you go. Yeah. So uh, I'm an equal opportunity offender in that regard. Um, but uh, I really like Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger because what we had here was a villain who um, – actually had some fine motives behind his terrible decisions and his terrible actions. You know, his conclusions were really problematic. But really his, problematic. his motives were not that far off. No. You know, that's it's something that I think speaks to all of us and that we have this motive to see things set right, to see justices corrected. You know, that's that's why we love heroes. Superheroes in general is they right wrongs, they correct injustice, they they uh, uplift people from oppression, um, and that was what Killmonger wanted to do. Yeah, he saw his people, and in, in this context, his people are all those that have come from the nation of Africa, and he sees them being oppressed all over the world for a long time, for centuries, centuries, yeah. and he says, Wakanda, my home country has been sitting here with the resources to help them be free all this time and done nothing. Right. Like to him they're 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 guilty you yeah. know of the the crime of complacency yeah. and the crime of a lack of compassion. Yeah, and I think that there's a that's a really viable argument. Now, obviously when when you look at Killmonger and where he goes, I mean essentially it you see almost and and this may be Far, far too simplistic. Um, but you kind of see within Killmonger and T'Challa sort of that tension, that historical tension between someone like Martin Luther King Jr. who saw the injustices of the world and wanted to deal with them peacefully. Right. And Malcolm X 
who wanted to start a revolution a, 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 and a bloody revolution at that. And yeah. I think that the, that tension is felt within here. But at the same time, and I think this is what really makes a very compelling bad guy is when you look at them and you can you don't agree with what they're doing. But you can understand their motives. Right. And I think that that makes for a, for a powerful villain. And it's interesting because I saw this movie as I was reading um, this book on, on American colonialism and when, how the colonies all came to be, you know, came to be. Yeah. And um, it's a fascinating book, but it's really, really sad and tragic because you see – how much of these colonies, you know, what we owe our whole world, you know, Jake and I living right here in the right. middle of America, what we owe to to some really terrible, inhumane actions on the part of our great, 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 great grandparents, right. you know, um, and you see the injustice and you see um, how terribly people were treated and, and how inhumanely they were treated and, and um that sense of outrage that Killmonger feels, there's there's validity behind that, right? You know, now there's there's I think that that there's no validity in how he responds to it, right? But at the same time, wanting to right wrongs, historical wrongs, wanting to get some some um, some comeuppance, I think that's a very human reaction. In Absolutely. Some way. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how we all feel like in our micro context. Like that's the macro context. Mm -hmm. um, but that's all – that macro context stems from our micro context of we we all long for that. Yeah. In even the small ways where we feel put upon, even right. the small way, ways where we feel like people have been unjust to us. We want those to be righted. We want those – we want there to be comeuppance. We want revenge. I mean we see that in our media all the time mm -hmm. in revenge movies. And in many of them, we celebrate it because we like the thought of that. Yeah. We look at something and we say, that is not right. What we have just seen, what we have just felt, that is not right. Something must be done. Yeah. And that core sense of justice is what motivates Killmonger to do what he does. And he does – he starts going down this very – unjust path right. he begins to you know he he essentially takes on and i think that t'challa even says this in the middle of the movie he says you are becoming everything that they were we need to be better than that and i think that that's that's a really powerful statement to be to me where where you see how hard it is through this interaction between t'challa and, and killmonger how difficult it can be to take the high road but how important it is to take it. Yeah. You know? And I, I you know, I think your your call out to Martin Luther King was actually pretty apt. Because there's the famous quote from King in that darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. And and King gets credit for that word, you know, that version of it, but that's a very biblical concept. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's straight from Jesus, you know, in the New Testament about loving your neighbor as yourself and turning the other cheek. And and even before that, when you go back to the Proverbs and talking about how kindness, when you return an enemy's hatred with kindness, it's like heaping coals into their lap, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's this idea that actually some of the greatest change can come about when we don't respond in kind. Yeah. And I like that we really see that 
here in Black Panther. Yeah. And I like that. Also, speaking of like when we disagree with people and how we interact with their differing ideas, one of the most interesting things about Black Panther, and I don't know if I've seen this talked about much, but is this sense that it's really it's really timely for our current cultural moment too. Mm. In that we can be diametrically opposed to one another in our opinions of how we need to deal with a problem. Mm-hmm. That's what we see here with T'Challa and Killmonger. Mm-hmm. There's this problem of injustice in the world. The Wakanda way has been to keep to ourselves, mm-hmm. take care of our own, kind of love ourselves as we love ourselves and let everybody else do them. And Killmonger says, no, there's all this injustice. We must fight back in kind. He literally says that. I've learned their right. tactics. Right. I've learned their mindset. I've learned their angles and I use them against them. And I fight and, and, and T'Challa comes back and says, that just makes you like them. That right. just makes you them. Yeah. Well, and so they're diametrically opposed to one another. And yet in the end – we actually see T'Challa see this person who he ought to outright reject mm-hmm. in in his entirety according to our kind of modern logic. Right. I am diametrically opposed to how you want to deal with this problem. So I just reject you entirely. Right. But instead he sees – I see the motivation here. I see the pain. I see the truth here behind the bad ideas, behind the problems I have with this. And I can sort those aside mm. and say, what? how can I actually see the good in your point and do actually do some good yeah. in that area? And so he actually changes his mind yeah. in, in, in a significant way. Well, he shows grace. I mean, and that's what it comes <coughs> down to. I think that the that the human – our human response to pain and hurt and anger and fear is always to lash out. You know, I think that that's, that's a very human response and, and in its own way understandable. Um, where we make things better is by showing love and by showing grace. It's interesting because – I do not watch The Walking Dead except when I'm reviewing it for for various things. And I just happened to to click on the spring premiere of season eight um, where Carl, the the young kid, is dying. He just got bit by a walker and so he's dying. And he has this very tender scene with his father, Rick, who's been sort of the driving force behind this, this show. And he's been at war with the zombies and he's been at war with all these different different clans and for very good reason i mean some of these people are terrible people that we see but as carl's dying he he turns to his dad and he tells him you can't kill them all dad and for me that was a really powerful moment he carl encourages rick to to put down his weapons to look for something better and in a sense that's what black panther is encouraging us to do as well the only way to to step outside the cycle of violence, the cycle that just sort of feeds on itself over and over and over again, someone has to put down their weapons. Someone has to actually say, enough, and to, you know, em- embrace their enemies. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so, it feels so cliche and trite and, and maybe overly spiritual, but, but when you look at what happens pragmatically in these situations when you're able to look past the anger and the hate 
and to respond in a better, higher way, something powerful takes place there. Yeah. That's the only way every, – every victory that you have is – sows the seeds for your defeat. And, and I think that that is often what we see within the cycles of this, of this world of ours where, where violence begets violent, violence. But when we're able to sort of let that go and push on in a different direction, that's where we can see things get better. Yeah. And we can apply this to, you know, even beyond violence to our conversations with one another, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we have a, our world in our moment in our nation, we have this very fractured moment and it's not new. We've been fractured many times over many different things, but we're fractured over gun control. We're fractured over sexuality. We're fractured over race. We're flat fractured over class we're fractured over you know our every almost every single aspect of our politics and our tendency is to as soon as somebody has an, a different a different opinion as far as how to deal with the a problem that we're divided over we automatically reject them not not just their solution but we reject them as people personally, we reject them yeah. personally we reject their motives i almost rejected you because of your whole thing on 2001 a space odyssey exactly that's that's but no but that's actually that's exactly right you know in a goofy context you would see someone that's diametrically opposed to you in this opinion and throw out everything about them everything and when actually a lot of us have good points Mm -hmm. on all where none of us are perfect but usually there's a positive motive behind a solution that you don't like right and so can we each of us take that deep breath set down our weapons verbally and emotionally and say, you know what? I may disagree with the solution you're proposing, but I actually agree with the problem that you're trying to – like that the problem you're trying to solve is a problem that needs to be solved. Right. Exactly. And and I totally agree with that. I think that that so often – listen, there are issues out there that are true moral issues that you cannot – Absolutely. Waver from you can you need to stand strong on and, and some things we will just inherently disagree with each other on. But yeah, it's not that for, you accept the solution. But or when is you that the pro- yeah. yeah, yeah. But when you look at so many of the other issues around us, there's so much more room for common ground and compromise than I think we even understand. And, right. and if we would just if we would just sort of set aside and then forgive the soapbox, but if we would set aside sometimes our um, sometimes this sense of of righteousness that we have, whether it's you know whether it's misplaced or not, come at these conversations from a place of humility, and look at saying, "Listen, we agree that this is a problem. We agree that our schools need to be safe. We agree that that the environment should be protected. We we agree on some of these some of these really core issues." We don't necessarily agree with how to achieve those. How can we – what middle ground can we find to, to do what we can to make these issues better? Right. And that's – you know, that's a – that brings us right back into the Black Panther because that's where we end in this movie where you've got the well, – coming back to what we said, you have this mindset of we need to be insular and keep ourselves away from the world problems. And then we have this mindset of we need to wipe out the world and take care of all their problems for them in a violent way. <laughs> Very polar opposite ideas. But in the end, T'Challa sees that, you know what, we can, as a nation, we can love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Right, right. And take care and start to help 
take care of other people uh, and not just keep to ourselves. And he's inspired to do that by his own people and by you yeah. know having his eyes open to some of this truth and pain that because he wasn't some of his own people were already saying this before. Yeah. But truly, kind of being confronted with that pain head on. Yeah. He says, "All right, we." We actually have a different responsibility to our fellow man. Yeah. And I think that, that a lot of people watching that will look at that, and I think rightfully so. I think it was intentionally done this way, where as a little bit of a, of a jab toward um, some, of the, some of the nationalism that we, we see within the present administration, America sure. first, and that type of thing, where, where we feel like we're sort of drawing into ourselves. But setting that aside... The core point of what T'Challa is saying at the end, where he wants to reach out, that feels very Christian to me. Right. You know, I think that, and and it's, and I think it's very relevant to us Christians, especially as evangelical Christians, who tend to isolate ourselves into these little bubbles. It's it's really relevant. How much are we really looking out for the people outside us? How how often do we look at the people who need our help, who need, you know. Whatever we can provide, whether it be financial resources or time or or just attention, um, so often I think that that we can tend to be. And I know this is the case for me. Yeah, I can be very insular. Yep. Um, because it's I, I don't like my world disturbed. But Black Panther was in some ways a call to look outside yourself and to look at the sadness and the pain and the and the desperation that we find outside ourselves. And reach into that and help where we can, you know. And I think that that um, we all have an amazing wealth of resources to ease that pain that I don't think we use very much. No, we don't. And this asks the question, as does you know the gospel: what What is the point of our salvation? What is the point of the blessings we've been given? Is it to just take care of ourselves and to be content in that? Or is it to pour into others? And the gospel says it's to pour into others. It's to bring the life of God, which is not just life for you, but it's life for the world. And, of course, that's that's not explicitly stated. It's not, you know, Jesus is not ever brought up in Black Panther. But that is kind of at the heart of what are these blessings for? Are they for us just to kind of do our own thing or are we supposed to pour out into the life of the world? So what did you guys think about the Black Panther? Did you get as deep as we did? <laughs> I didn't tell this conversation. So uh, you're forgiven if if you were just thinking, I like the black suit that came out of the necklace because that's all I was thinking about last night. I was like, that's pretty cool the way the suit folds up into the necklace. And I well, dig Andy Circus. Yeah. And, and then really that's the beauty of – I think talking with people about the movies that you love, right? I mean, I think that that's one of the reasons why Jake and I do this podcast. That's one of the reasons why I enjoy talking about movies is because you do see things in these in these fun, fantastic movies that you might not otherwise see when you talk with somebody else. Yeah, that's a great thing. So talk with us. I'm on the Twitter at at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at AC Paul. And we've also got this Facebook group called Pop Culture with Fan People and Know-It-Alls. And we want to keep this conversation going there. Uh, on either of those platforms. Um, but before we drift off into the astral plane, no, wait, that's Dr. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> whole, set of, whole different set of problems. It's time for the most least important thing. 
Welcome inside the most least important thing, the way we love to wrap up every single show. We like to take things in pop culture and tell you whether they're a big deal or a little deal. And so we take the things that Hollywood tells you is a big deal. We tell you, nah, not. Or we take the things that nobody's talking about and we say, yo, people, check this. <laughs> That's Paul, exactly right. what you got for us today? That's exactly right. Well, we just uh, we just finished off talking about our Black Panther conversation. We topped it off with uh, some thoughts about the gospel and how we found a little bit of the gospel message within this movie. I have another gospel message within a movie, but it's much more explicit because they are actually titled the Gospels. It's literally the Gospels. It's literally the Gospels. These are uh, these are productions. They've for the last several years there there have been. Um, these gospel movies that have sort of been released one after the other after the other. Uh, and now, and, and they're usually sold at Walmart, some other places. They're fairly well done. <coughs> and they're word-for-word uh, renditions of the gospel. The like, Kenneth Branagh version. That's exactly right. You get gospels. every single word in these productions. So you never even necessarily have to read your Bible again. You can just watch these just movies over and over again. Um, anyway, How long are they? Well, they range... Like the Gospel of Mark lasts just a little over two hours. And Once it's word get, for word. It's word Dang. for word, and and so when you get into Keeps Matthew hopping. and Luke, I mean those you get your money's worth with those. Yeah. So um, I had a chance to talk with with uh, one of the people who was behind them and and sort of her motivation from making these movies. She had some really fascinating things to say, but but in connection with that conversation, I actually got copies of the full the full. Four volume gospel Whoa. movie set. That That's got to be like a hundred hours worth of content. Hundred hours worth of content, and it's worth every single minute of it. Well, I haven't watched them all, so I can't say that. But I, but they really are fairly well done. Um, and and what we would like to do for you, our loyal listeners, is to give a copy of these away. Um, so I'd like we're to giving away like a whole set of these. We're giving away set? a whole set. It's a one box set. So one it has Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. you can just, we're not, we're not parceling these out one by one. No, it's you the, get the whole full thing. set. Um, yeah. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, why don't we do like a little contest, Jake, if this works, let's, let's see what it is. Lay it on me. Um, since we've been talking about Marvel movies, since we've been talking about uh, great villains and what makes a great villain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Marvel movie, why don't we – I'd like to know from you, our listeners, what your favorite Marvel villain is and why. Ah, your favorite Marvel villain and why. It doesn't and have anything to do with the gospel. One of your zone, answers but. and you will win the gospels <laughs> because you're <laughs> sinful. How dare you like that villain? <laughs> But, I mean, you, maybe you have some spiritual thoughts about some of these villains. Who knows? There's so, a lot of things we can learn from the villains. There's a lot of villains in the Bible, in the are, Gospels even. There's a lot of villainy in the heroes in the Bible. So there you go. So there you go. That's, All right. That's well, what I got we'll throw that up on the Facebook group. If, you don't, if you're not on the Facebook and you're listening, hit us up on the Twitter. Tell yeah. us there. We'll, uh, we'll give that away. A whole box set, yeah. four gospels. Although I, t- I will tell you, if you say that the the dark elf in in Thor in the Dark World, if that's your favorite villain, you're totally disqualified. Uh, no, guys, don't listen to him. You can pick any of the villains. Disqualified. I'm not saying you're going to win, but you can pick any of the villains, hmm. unless you pick the one from Guardians Volume One. 
I'm sorry, Lee Evan or oh. Lee, whatever your name was. Yeah, he wasn't a very good Not villain good. either. Not good. Yeah. But okay. Anyway. All right. For me, um, this is this is interesting, uh, but way less deep. <laughs> uh, Paul, you and I we're we're fans of the football, the we American the football, football. Yes. in particular. Uh, we're all about you know those those big hits, touchdown passes. We dislike Tom Brady. Oh, goodness gracious. We but could have a whole podcast on how we, much we I could. dislike Tom Brady. Paul hates him even more than – or dislikes him even more than I do. Um, but uh, we're, we're, we're also fans of the fantasy football. Oh, yeah. I. We've done some fantasy football leagues together. Yeah, some of us are better than others. Some, some are better. Uh, let's see. I think the first year we played together, I got second in the league. And what did you get last and, year? And then the second time we played together this last year, I got last. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Guys, all these injuries in the NFL season, they're crazy. They, they totally decimated my team. <laughs> but you may not be into sports. I get that. There's a lot of people that aren't into the fantasy football thing. But I, I just learned about something that you may be into, and that is the Fantasy Movie League. Oh, have you heard about this, Paul? No, I haven't. You can now do fantasy movies leagues, fantasy movie league. Yes, wow. that's right. For all of us movie nerds who feel left out of all the fantasy basketball and football and baseball talk out there, forget your fantasy golf. It's the fantasy movie league. Wow, this may be the most interesting thing you've said in our entire year of doing this podcast. Yeah. So Paul, you know, in his in his full time job, does a little piece called Movie Mondays, where he talks about how much money these movies made. And it's a piece that I know I've teased him about before because I'm like, who cares about how much money <laughs> these movies make? Apparently, according to some people, a lot of people care about this because the Fantasy Movie League, how you play is every week you get to rank and guess how much money each movie is going to make. Like where – are they going to be number one? Are they going to be number two, number four, number seven? Or are and how much money are they going to make this weekend? How much are they going to fall the next weekend? You get to build your lineup oh. using the movies that are in theaters now. I'm all over this. And you get like a certain amount of money that you can spend. So each movie – Fake you know, money, right? Or, it's all fake. Yeah. Well, the fake money that you're spending in the game, yeah. But they're, they're – I believe there could be some real money eventually. Got it. Got it. But essentially, like, you've got $1,000 to set your lineup for each week. Like, you don't have to pay them $1,000. Right, right, right. But you've got $1,000 in the game. They yeah. call it Bucks. B-U-X. Because, sure. Um, and And the Fantasy Movie League, for short, is called the FML. <laughs> which it, it has its own acronym in shorthand, so don't think about that too hard. Uh, but... Yeah, this is 52 weeks a year. You rank the movies and you win prizes. So, for example, for the weekend of March 2nd through 4th, you could win a Charles Bronson signed Death Wish photo and a custom designed Fantasy Movie League t-shirt. Oh, my goodness. The average retail value of that prize? $620. What? What? Because apparently a Charles Bronson signed Death Wish photo uh, is worth five. And the t-shirt's <laughs> worth 615 Yeah. <laughs> mm, I'm suspicious of these numbers all of a sudden. So there you go. If you are not into fantasy football, fear not. Fantasy Movie League. Fantasy Movie League has got you covered. I'm signing up right now. This pod, Hey, Fantasy Movie League, if you're looking for uh, to sponsor podcasts and get out there, Pop Culture with Fanboy Know It All, we're, I, this one was a freebie. Next time it's going to cost you. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, that's it for this time. Thanks for joining us. As always, we love having you inside our crazy brains, even if you don't like being there. <laughs> but we're glad that you do. I'm Jake. I'm Paul. We'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. I don't know what it is. Sausage McMuffins are like the very best thing in the world. Even better than a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit? Yes. I don't know about that. Oh, Paul. my god! I mean, I like a good sausage McMuffin. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit in the morning. No, I don't do chicken in the morning. I just don't do chicken in the morning. Why not? It's it's not a breakfast food. You gotta yes, have, it is. You got to have pig. You gotta have pig. I like pig. I like pig. But why can't you have a little bit of both? No. Here's no here's where I'm at. Where is the, where is a classic breakfast food made out of out of chicken? There's no. Uh, such in thing. the south, yeah. No. Well, in the, the chicken south. biscuit. But see, that doesn't count. That's classic. It's not classic. It is classic. It's southern. But southern <laughs> can be classic. I don't just know. As, just as much as sausage can be classic. I get it. Sausage has a long and storied history. And are you out of Altoids? I am. It's frustrating. But but there's things. In fact, I actually invented this before Chick-fil-A actually started serving breakfast. And I called it the Oedipus Complex. <laughs> and it was a chicken and egg breakfast burrito. Because mm. you have the you know the, the chicken yeah. in the same bed with the egg. Yeah. The Oedipus Complex breakfast burrito. And it was delicious, Paul. And then Chick-fil-A came along and started to call it their yeah. – no, Scramble I'm, breakfast burrito. No, chickens. Which is delicious. No. Pigs are killed in the morning and thus they become bacon and sausage. Is that and is ham. that science? It Pigs is. are only killed in the morning? It is. Chickens taste better if they're if they're killed in the evening, which makes Slaughtered them great the for Eve. Yeah. It makes them good for lunch and dinner, but not so much for why, No, that doesn't make sense. If they're killed in the evening, no. why are they good for lunch? Here's here's what we really <laughs> gotta do. Because I've done this, and this was delicious. You, was, you killed chickens? No, uh, unfortunately. I have not had the chance to actually go that fresh, <laughs> personally. But, um, no, there's actually – so our local Chick-fil-A gives away free breakfast a lot. And sometimes my kids don't eat it, and so there's leftovers for me. And so one time Why they gave away – Why do your kids not eat it? Because they're probably, children. Well, they're it's children. probably because you give them chicken. <laughs> they usually eat it. It's yeah. not that it's chicken. <laughs> they probably say – Chicken it's because breakfast it's again. because they, they love waited me. until eleven thirty. This would been it's, this would have been. It's fun. because they love me and they wanted this to happen. So there was a leftover chicken biscuit, Sorry. right? Okay, delicious chicken biscuit, refrigerated for me when I got home. So the next morning, I fried up a nice little egg, fried up a little bacon, warmed, reheated that biscuit with the chicken, and did a fried chicken biscuit with a fried egg and bacon on it. Yeah, it sounds delicious. That is a breakfast at eleven right thirty. No, uh, yeah, it is delicious at eleven thirty. It's delicious every single hour no, of the day. No, chicken is not for breakfast. That would be eaten late, even I, great. I really do. When when I go to, my wife would agree with you because she sometimes drags me to Chick Fil A for breakfast, which I think is loony. They actually have but, a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, which you know I get okay. because right. I don't do chicken. I really i I love Chick Fil A chicken. 
But I tried it for breakfast, and it was totally weird. I could not get my head around it. I really could not. It needs to be. It needs to be, pig, hog, oink. <laughs> and with that, let us begin. <laughs> <laughs>